In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. I am so excited to be talking with Dr. Amanda Nayfield, founder of Connect Northwest Physical Therapy and Wellness in Bellingham, Washington, right up there near the Canadian border. A member of the Pelvic PT Rising family. It has been so much fun working with her over the last months, seeing where she is now. Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you guys about my journey. Yeah. And uh, you have some fascinating stuff that I definitely want to get to, but I want to lay a little bit of the foundation here. So talk to me about how you got into physical therapy, into pelvic health. What led to get you to where you are right now? When I was in high school, we had an athletic training program that you could take as a class. I was pretty into sports. And so I thought that that would be a fun thing to do. So I joined the athletic training program, I think as a freshman in high school, and I did it for all four years. So when I wasn't playing sports, I was traveling with teams, taping ankles and just helping with like injury prevention and those kind of things. It was through that program. I think part of that program was to shadow people in related fields. So I shadowed a PT, I shadowed a sports medicine trainer. And I think I just realized that I really wanted to do physical therapy. And so I pretty much knew I was going to go into physical therapy school pretty early on in high school. So I went to a grad school that had a physical therapy program. I went to the University of Montana and I got an exercise science degree with like, um, with an emphasis in pre-physical therapy. So I got all my prereqs and then I went on to go to graduate school also at the University of Montana. While I was in graduate school, I actually kind of developed an interest in neuro a little bit. We had, you know, you had your special topics courses and before going to grad school, I kind of just thought physical therapy was only orthopedic. And so I was really excited to learn about the different areas of physical therapy. And so I got kind of interested in neuro, but then towards the end of physical therapy school, so around my third year, we had a special topics group in women's health. And it was not very much. It was very basic, maybe a couple of weeks with someone who did women's health, but it was primarily focused on pregnancy. And maybe we talked a little bit about stress incontinence and urgency, but we didn't do any kind of internal work or anything like that. But it was enough to really pique my interest. Like I was excited about it. And I remember thinking that, wow, like this is a really important thing that we can do as physical therapists. And there's not very many people doing it. Like at the time I hadn't heard really of anybody doing it. So just based on that, those couple of weeks, I started to basically create a clinical internship that allowed me to do physical therapy. It wasn't offered. So I really had to go um, use the internet and find people who are doing some sort of women's health. And I found someone in Bellingham who does it. And so I split my internship between an ortho PT here. And then uh, one day a week, I was doing my last final internship with a women's health specialist. Actually, in order to do that as well, I had to 
have an entry-level pelvic floor course. That was kind of the prerequisite. So I took Herman and Wallace PF1 before I was able to even do my final clinical. So I kind of just started, that's how it started. And, and then it just sort of snowballed and I started taking more courses and I ended up getting hired with this person that I was doing mentorship with and my clinical with, and yeah, it just snowballed. Wow. Were you driving from, cause that's Missoula, right? Montana out to, to Bellingham. Was that a drive or were you staying? Oh there? no. Yeah. No, no, no. We lived. So we moved here. My then boyfriend moved with me and we moved here and we were actually always planning on going back to Montana, but I got a job with someone who was doing women's health, who was willing to provide some training for me. And so I felt like that was a really hard thing to give up. So we ended up staying here. <laughs> awesome. Are you guys excited about that? Or is Montana possibly back in the future someday? It's, I know it's so hard when you run your own business, but yeah, we're pretty grounded here. I think I miss living in a state where there's more cows than people for sure. It is very quiet. You can get out into nature, but there's a lot of opportunity. We're very outdoorsy people and like to climb and do a lot of mountaineering. So there's a lot of availability out here. Yeah. Well, compared to Orange County, California, anything feels like it's deserted. Like we leave here. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. What is that? Oh, that's the horizon. Got it. I, I figured it out. Totally. I never uh, planned on living in a city, but here we are. Cool. And then, so what prompted you to start your own practice? How did you get into that? That's interesting because I never really wanted to. It was actually something that I was like pretty averse to. I remember in PT school, they had a business class and I was like, why are are people interested in this? Like who wants to run their own business? I really had that attitude. And even early on, I thought like, I would never, ever want the responsibility of business and managing people. And it was just never anything that was appealing to me. But I worked with my previous employer for four or five years. And I was starting to feel really burned out at like year three. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really remember thinking like, if I have to work like 40 more years, like I can't do this like 40 more years. And so I was really just contemplating like, how could this be different? And what kind of work environment would I want to work in? And the more I learned about pelvic health, the more I felt like I needed more time with my clients. Like I just really wasn't able. And I was also a newer clinician at that point, but I felt very overwhelmed by the amount of things that I wanted to do with each person and just not having the time that I really wanted to. And also just seeing like 10 to 12 people a day was exhausting. It was really hard. And I was feeling like I was getting burned out pretty early on in my career. So I figured maybe I just kind of toyed with it silently in my head for a while. Like what would happen if I just went out on my own and, you know, it was just me and I only needed to see this many people a week then I could spend as much time as I wanted with them. And that's sort of how it started one foot in and one foot out kind of a thing. And then, yeah. And then I kind of started being a little bit more serious about it. And by more serious, I meant like I bought a business license for $10 (laughs) And, you know, came up with a name for a business and that's where it started. But at that point, my employer wasn't very happy about that. And that was kind of a push factor into jumping in with both feet. She didn't want me at the clinic anymore. So I left and I, that was kind of my option. I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? That was like, I wasn't prepared at all. I kind of had one foot in, one foot out. I had no plan. I had no space, like nothing was in place at all. But once I left that clinic, I was, it was like, go work for someone else or start your own business. So that's what I did. Yeah, well, I know a lot of times that transition is a challenge, to say the least, going from working for somebody to doing it yourself. And 
And sometimes I almost feel like that's a blessing in disguise when that doesn't necessarily go as smoothly as, as anybody would want. I mean, and it's a challenging thing to be in the position as an employer and having somebody, I mean, it's interesting now you can kind of see both sides of that, but it's often a relationship that doesn't really work that well, but sometimes that is that extra push that you need. Like, Hey, you've burned the bridges. Like that's like, it's all or nothing at this point. Uh, did you feel any of that? Or it's like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this thing. Yeah. I mean, I had bought the business license, obviously with some sort of intention, I guess. I mean, it's not hard to get a business license, so it didn't take a lot of thought, but yeah, I was really like, wow. I was a little bit shocked about how things ended up turning out. I had actually planned on, I, at the time I had a one-year-old and so I was needing a little bit more flexibility. My husband had switched jobs and he does, he's a firefighter. So he does shift work and is gone for long periods of time and his days off are really different. So I was really needing some more flexibility. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll like work PRN somewhere or I didn't know what my plan was, but when my employer found out that I had started a business or open, you know, got a business license. That was kind of, I was a little bit shocked, I guess, about how it all ended. Like she was very upset about it and didn't want me there. And I think that just, yeah, like lit a fire. Like I was like, what is this? Like I, you know, my intentions are good. And I, now I have this opportunity. Like It sucked and it was, it stung a lot. and It was really hard. And it was also a really cool opportunity to be creative and really create something that I had really no intention in doing, but create a work environment that worked for me in my life and allowed me to provide the type of care that I wanted to give to my people. But also I knew there was a newer business in town called the Bellingham Center for Healthy Motherhood. And it was run by a nurse practitioner and a lactation consultant. And their main goal was to provide like a well, a center for women or for people who have had babies to come in and get support. And so they I approached them and I was like, Hey, like, you know, women's health, pelvic health PT can be really beneficial. And I kind of just, I just had a meeting with them and they were like, yeah, we would love to have you. The timing with that was really great too, because at that time they were in a really small space, the people like sold the building out from underneath them. And so they quickly had to move into a new space. And so we kind of just all did it together in a somewhat disorganized way, but (laughs) we said, yeah, like we want to like have this center that has multiple professionals in it, providing services for women's health. And they brought me in and we got a, a space with the three of us. So they were doing women's health, lactation support. They had a lot of community groups for postpartum support groups. They had something called Mama Cafe where moms would come and feed their babies socially for a couple hours a week. And I was there as the pelvic health therapist. Truly connecting Northwest physical therapy that you're earning yeah. <laughs> there. And I know looking back, I mean, I'm sure it feels like a blessing in disguise with the benefit of hindsight, but I also know from having watched Nicole go through something, it sounds like relatively similar when your employment ends like that, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. I mean, mm-hmm. not to, to put too strong of a point on it, but I mean, you're down on the mat. What was your kind of attitude like in those kind of days afterwards? Do you remember what it was eventually obviously lit the fire, but I know those first couple of days can be like pretty dang tough too. disorienting. Like, where do I go from here? It wasn't really something that was in your plans. I'm sure that was not an easy transition. No, it was horrible. It was really hard. I um, cried a lot and I ended up getting, I actually got a PRN job at a SNF, a skilled nursing facility that was fairly flexible but it was really hard. That was like, not my setting. That's not what I really wanted to do. That's not what I was trained to do. So it was even like a learning curve at that point for me too. 
and I didn't have a website. I didn't have a phone number. I was like kind of doing things very much out of order. I sort of had some clients that were interested and then I had to wait to get into my space. And that transition was pretty messy and not very smooth. And it was really hard. And I remember I would like put people in wherever I could at my own business. And I would go back and forth between my business location and the skilled nursing facilities. And I was kind of doing different skilled nursing facilities. So sometimes I would go to three or four places in a day. And I would like see my people at the skilled nursing facility and I'd rush back and see a patient at the clinic. And then I'd go to the next place. And it was like, it was very chaotic. And I was working really, really hard for minimal <laughs> like pay. You know, I was putting all my money back into the business and yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. And I had a one-year-old, so I was like trying to make time for her. And, and then I, there were days where I was like, what am I doing? This was never my plan. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like kind of going a little bit crazy here, but I stuck with it. Yeah. And sometimes that's kind of all you can do sometimes is just if you're flying by the seat of your pants, just like stick with it and wait for that to hopefully level out or some order restored to the chaos. Was your husband on board the whole time? Was he like a cheerleader for starting your own business? Or was he like, eh, are you sure you want to, <laughs> you know, which is a kind no, of a natural reaction. <laughs> no, he's totally like thinks it's great. And he's always super supportive. I think even now though, like you and Nicole really work closely together with the business stuff. Like I still feel like sometimes he has no idea what I'm doing when it comes to the business. Like I feel like it was very self-perpetuated, but he was super supportive and like, do what you need to do. And, but he was also changing careers. He was a social worker and then became a firefighter. So that shift for him was very self-consuming on that side. Like you have to, there's a lot that goes into it. You have academy and probation and he was gone a lot and I was gone a lot. So we were definitely supporting each other in a super positive way, but we were also not able to really help each other. Yeah. So like so being support, like you're rooting for each other, but there just wasn't a whole lot he could do to help you or you could do to help him. We were both super busy and we were like trading off days with my child and it was just ships passing in the night sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm sure he, cause was he doing those, those hours, those crazy firefighter hours where it's like three days on or like 24 hours on, or I had a neighbor who was a firefighter and the, the scheduling would just seem like it was kind of nuts. Yeah. And even like early on, not right away, but he was actually working in Bainbridge Island, which was down in Seattle. So he had like a two and a half hour commute and he'd work 48 hour shifts. So he'd be gone for almost three days at a time. So I was doing the parenting thing and the, the skilled nursing facility and like doing the business. And it did, it got pretty wild for a little while, but I would say within a year, actually, gosh, how long it's really kind of muddled now, but I think around six months, I really was busy enough at the business that I didn't have to do that for very long. I wasn't doing the like skipping around to different skilled nursing facilities and doing the business for very long. So it felt like a really long time, but it really was like six months, I think. Yeah. And then kind of stabilized. And then you were able to make connect like your main thing with some of the sniff stuff, just kind of filling in around the edges. Yeah. And I think within, I mean, I really just completely stopped that probably within nine months. So I was just doing my own thing. And I got really lucky because the place that I, when I was renting a room from the Bellingham Center for Healthy Motherhood, I was getting a pretty, like they kind of started it as like, we'll just do however many days. Like I was only doing two days a week and I was only paying for those two days a week. So it was a pretty good deal for me. And they also sent me quite a few people. So I was getting referrals from them as well. So I think that's a little bit unique. I know it's not always that way for people starting 
a practice, but it, it did help me a lot. Right. And so, but then you ended up growing pretty organically, pretty quickly early on there, right? Cause you were starting to hire, you were, I mean, you, you had a pretty steep growth curve. Yeah. I pretty quickly grew to, well, I was working four to five days a week myself pretty quickly. And then I started thinking about having another baby. So I think I did that. How long did I do that for? Maybe a year I was doing that and just sort of working a little bit more than I was really wanting to, but less than I was at my previous job. So I think I was feeling pretty good about that. And then again, like growth, I never, ever intended to grow beyond myself. And I remember like distinctly telling people that to my husband, to my parents, like people who approached me, like, no, I don't ever plan on like going beyond myself. I have no interest in managing people. Like that's just not, I just really want to have, I just want to create this practice that I want. And I want to, you know, it's just me and my patients and that's just how I wanted it to be. But I met somebody in Bellingham. We used to have a community group that would get of PTs that would get together once a month. And we'd just do case studies. It was just from PTs from all over the town. And someone would bring a case study and present it like once a month and we'd all talk about it. And during one of those meetings, I had a conversation with another public health provider locally. And I just, I don't know, she says that she felt like I put a little like, I was kind of inviting her in. I just, I think I just told her like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about having another baby. So at some point I might hire someone to help out while I'm on maternity leave. And so not long after that, she approached me and asked if I, you know, was looking to hire somebody. And I really wasn't, I was like, Oh, (laughs) no, but like the reality is I'm working four or five days a week and I don't really want to be, and I would like to have another baby soon. So again, I sort of, it was impulsive. I impulsively made the decision to hire her. There wasn't a lot of thought that goes into it. And I lucked out because she's amazing. And she did. She took over my maternity leave eventually when I left. And she's stuck with me up until now. And it's been almost four years now. So or three years. So I did really luck out with her. But again, it wasn't like I didn't have an ad out. I didn't do anything. It just sort of happened. And I got really lucky. Oh, and sometimes you just got to do that and take advantage of it and see where it runs. So that's awesome to kind of hear. I feel like that is going to be inspiring really for people who, who don't have like a master plan. Like you don't necessarily have to have your 18 step program lined up in front of you and saying like, Hey, here's all the next things we're going to be doing. Sometimes it's okay to just go through the journey, see what happens and then be willing to change your plan or take advantage of it when something new does come up. Yeah, totally. I actually, so again, like we were planning on being inside the Bellingham Center for Healthy Motherhood and definitely and just sharing, her and I shared a room. So we were kind of just working on opposite days and it was working really well. And then at the beginning of COVID, BCHM is what it, it was called, ended up closing. Like they just decided to dissolve their business. And that was, I got very little notice about that. And so it was another just like, whoa, I totally wasn't anticipating it, wasn't expecting it. And at that time, I basically had shut my business down because everyone was shutting businesses down and we didn't know what was happening. And it was like this turning point of like, well, we could both just like go our separate ways and find other jobs, or we can find a space to move into and grow into because And so I sort of just looked at options. And again, like none of this, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't have a vision of, do I want to have a PT clinic or do I just want to keep one room? And really I wanted, my vision initially was to keep it as a collaborative space. So to have a space where we have, you know, I loved working with a nurse practitioner 
or like a naturopathic doctor or, and we also work pretty closely with some sex therapists in town. And so my vision was to have one space that had all of those providers. And so I kind of bounced some ideas off of a few other practitioners that I knew. And we looked at some spaces and I was just, it just like, wasn't working. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to like, there isn't anything available. And we found this space that was just like an empty concrete room and something about it. I was like, I really just like this space and I can't afford it with just the two of us. So I'm just going to like, it was sort of impulsive. It was, a, it was, I had three weeks to make the decision. I had three weeks to get out of the place that we were in and do something. And so it was very much like I had to move quickly and didn't have a lot of time to debate or think or look at other options. And I really, at that time, was right when COVID started and there wasn't as much available. Like if I had been looking now, there's like so much more available because businesses have gone out of business, unfortunately. But at that time, there just really wasn't that much. And so I took a huge leap. I didn't have the volume because we were closed. I didn't have the clinicians. It was just me and my my first person that I hired. The space was not built out. So I actually had to take a, a loan out of the bank and I took as much money as they would give me. And based on just being a solopreneur for a year or two, I didn't, I was not allowed that much money. They didn't give me very much. I then had to find a contractor that was willing to do the work within my budget. And it all had to be done within six to eight weeks because I was getting kicked out of my current location. And so I just did it. And then again, like it was not planned. And during that time, another pelvic health provider that I had worked with previously was looking for a switch in her job. And she approached me and then also during COVID, there was a traveler at the hospital who really wanted to get into pelvic health. And so I had been mentoring her just on her free time. Like she just wanted to come in and learn. So she was coming into shadow and I ended up hiring both of them during this process when the building was getting built out. So I basically moved into a space that was like three times as big and hired two people without any patients. And here you <laughs> so, are and it worked out. Yeah. It did. It was a rough road and it was a little scary, but it did work out. What was the scariest part at the there. beginning right there where, where you had the building, you've, you've managed to sweet talk a contractor into doing it for the price that you needed in the time you needed. You've got these new people in the doors open. Like what's the feeling? So also personally, we had just started a huge house remodel the very same day that we broke ground at our house. Like we had been planning our house remodel for a long time, but none of this business stuff was planned. And so like the very same day that we started that we broke ground at our house too. And so I was managing two construction projects. I don't think that I like felt any emotions at all for like, I just like was going all day, every day. I was making a million decisions. I was talking to contractors. I was just not trying not to think about like the, I was in a lot of debt because I took out a ton of money to do this build out and I don't know if I even let myself feel fear. Honestly, I just kind of like kept putting one foot in front of the other and I made one decision after the other and I just like waited for it to be done. And I, I don't know, it worked out somehow it worked out. We filled the schedule once things started to open back up. I think luckily like one silver lining of COVID is that, well, actually my one employee was able to have unemployment during that time. And so I felt the stress of like, that was, she was being taken care of while our clinic was closed. That felt pretty good to me, but the people I had hired didn't qualify for that because I hired them after everything closed down. And so that felt a little bit scary. Like, am I going to be able to pay these people? And like, are we going to be able to fill their schedules? Like people are still afraid to even come. 
So, and also like providers weren't referring anymore because providers weren't seeing people. Like no one was seeing people. People weren't going to the doctor. Like that was not happening. And so I think I kept telling myself that it was temporary. Like this is temporary. Like things will. And at that time we all thought that like a year from then things would kind of be back to normal. And like now here we are and they're not really, but I totally was just telling myself this will be okay. Like in a year, like things will be okay. And you just have to like suffer through it for right now. Yeah. I like that. Just one foot in front of the other when you run into tough times like that. And you absolutely will. If you decide to start your own business, like that's what you're signing up for is some of those moments when, yeah, I, I love how you said that where it's like, I don't even, I don't even have time to be afraid because I just, you just got to do the thing. You have to take the action and and it's not an option for it. And especially with, I know for Nicole and I, at least, and I, I'm sure it's even much more so for you, there's that added responsibility, that added pressure, whatever it is, when you bring on employees, that you feel like that that weight is just so much more because now it's not just you that you're doing this with. Now it's you're doing this for other people. You're trying to help other people create the lives that they want. And that's super exciting when everything's going well. And it's it's so much scarier when it's not. And when you're, you feel that sense of responsibility, and I can't imagine doing that really for the first time in the midst of so much uncertainty around COVID, that must have been you know, just a real challenge as you start off. We at least had had a couple of years of working with employees and some trust built up with our people. And and we knew that we would be able to get through, but you were just starting off with them right in the midst of all of that. Yeah, it was super hard. And yeah, I'm a, I'm by nature kind of a people pleaser. And so that actually is something that I've learned a lot, like a growth area for me and being a business owner is realizing that I can't be so diplomatic and people pleasing sometimes. But it is also part of my vision is to create a workspace for people that is the type of workspace that I want to work in. Like, I'm not going to create this ideal job for myself, but then expect my employees to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah, it was very stressful. And, and luckily, like I happen to know every person that I've hired, I have known or worked with previously. So that I think helps a little bit because I know that they're really strong clinicians. Like I know that the clients are being well taken care of. Like I have a really, really awesome team. And with that, having that foundation and relationship is really can be hard to, I have like my friend hat and my boss hat that I have to put on a lot of times. And I have to make really hard decisions, you know, that affect people that I really care about and I'm friends with. So that's been a really, that's been challenging. And it's also been like a good place of growth for me. That is the challenge, right? Because you do care about your people. Like you've hand selected them, you brought them in. And at the same time, like the, you have to make decisions for the business to literally, the business needs to survive, especially in extraordinary circumstances, COVID. Like there's just things where you, yeah, there's always just going to be a little bit of that dynamic tension. And it's so hard to manage that while still caring deeply about your people, mm-hmm. but also being upfront and transparent and honest, blunt sometimes <laughs> more than we're usually comfortable being with saying like, Hey, that's not going to work if we're going to survive as a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're still kind of going through that a little bit in some ways, just day by day, you know, like everything is like I do. I provide a lot of 
paid time during the day to get notes done. I do a lot of team meetings. I really value mentorship now. That was like something that I never, I didn't get a very good mentoring opportunity. I don't feel like, or I wouldn't say good or bad, but I just don't feel like I gained a lot from it. So I think that's something that I really want to provide for my people is like the opportunity to get structured, thoughtful, intentional mentorship because in women's health, like really interesting because I know a lot of women's health providers and all of us go to courses, but then like we all just practice in our rooms. And sometimes you don't even know how the other person is practicing until you follow up with one of their patients or something. And you're like, whoa, that's like so different than the way that I do it. Or like, you know, how did you come up with that? And I just think it's really interesting that we are basically self-taught. Like we go to these courses, but they're only a couple of days long and then you're just doing it without any feedback from anybody who knows whether or not you're doing it correctly or effectively. That's something that I have really structured in more in the recent years, not necessarily with my first person, but with each additional person that I have added to the team, I've become more intentional about offering opportunities to learn. And I would like to learn from them as well. Like by no means am I like the final say or like, do I know everything, but it's at least we're like thinking together and we're doing that together. But I guess the point in all that is, is that I have structured that into paid time in the clinic and we have paid paperwork time. And I do, I am pretty flexible with people in their hours because all of us have, most of us have families. And even if we didn't have families, like it's, it's important to me that people feel like they are able to have the hours that allow them to have the lifestyle that keep them energetic and rejuvenated. I feel like when I was I I don't forced is a hard word, but when I was doing hours that I didn't really fit with my lifestyle, I think that was part of what was burning me out a lot. So I feel pretty strongly about allowing people some flexibility in their hours and what works for them. Yeah. And that's one of the things I know Nicole and I both really appreciate about you and your vision for Connect Northwest and just the fact that you do really deeply care about providing the kind of employment opportunity that you wish had been available for you, that you feel like everybody deserves and is long-term and sustainable and gives people balance. And it's it's really cool to see you creating that kind of environment for people because otherwise those jobs literally don't exist. Like There's not many places where you can work and see patients for a full hour and feel like your boss cares about you and has some flexibility in the hours and all and and does structured mentorship like all of that stuff is so rare any place else and that's one of the things i'm honestly most excited about what we've been doing with the public pt rising program and seeing you guys growing and hiring is we're creating a whole new class of job in the mm-hmm. pelvic pt space it used to be you had your two options right you worked for an insurance based provider you saw 12 to 16 to 20 people a day. You were doing progress notes all the time. Like that was it. Or you had to go start your own business just like Mm -hmm. you did. I mean, that was your option. It was like, well, Mm -hmm. if you're not going to be here and doing it this way, then, you know, it's all on you, whether you wanted to or not, whether you felt prepared or not, it's like ready or not, here it comes. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so proud that this is really creating that kind of opportunity for people. And I think you're really at the forefront of that. And that's always been something like your heart for that just comes through your heart for your people. So it's Mm -hmm. really cool to see that, that actually happening, you know? Yeah. Thank you. It is interesting. Like through COVID, I mean, Bellingham's a relatively small place and a lot of the, I mean, I could say smaller PT clinics, but they're regular size PT clinics, but the kind that had 45 minute treatment sessions, but they have a many, many of them have sold to corporate PT clinics. Like I feel like we're kind of a unicorn now. <laughs> like I'm like, we're like the last standing 
clinic with multiple clinicians that has this model. And I also know a lot of people who have gone out to solopreneurship because of that reason. So we have a lot of solopreneurs. We don't have very many like clinics with multiple clinicians in them now that like can function this way at all. Yeah. So awesome. I feel really proud of that. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so what, so you had been through, I mean, sh- kind of shock after shock <laughs> in your business career. What prompted you to pick up the phone and call Nicole and I, was there like an aha moment? Was there something where you were just like something specific you really wanted help with, or what was it that you're like, Hey, this is the time. Like, how do I, let's make this happen. Yeah, it was, gosh, there wasn't really anything specific. I think I've always in the back of my mind have like known that I don't really know anything about running a business to be perfectly honest. I never took the business course in PT school. I never had an interest in it. I'm not like a numbers person. I don't do that. (laughs) I I really don't do that. Like I'm like, I don't, I am doing this and all of the business growth has happened sort of by chance and it's not been planned. And I think while it has worked out for me, it's been a bumpy road. And I feel, I think I just, the more I listened to you guys, the more I was like, you know, I really feel like I need some guidance and doing more out of network or cash pay is something that I'm moving towards. And that's not a very common business model around here. And so it's really hard to find guidance around that. And so I just, I don't know, it was, I was just listening to a podcast probably one day. It was either a podcast or something that an Instagram live. And I was like, I'm do it. I just did it. It was just like an, another like impulsive decision, but a good one. I think I thought about it, maybe not specifically yours. I had, um, explored like Paul Goff before like I've listened to some of his stuff and I I think I had some sort of one-on-one call with him at some point I had like heard Aaron LeBauer stuff and none of it really like resonated with me at all like I was like this is not me this is not really what I want to do um but something about hearing you or Nicole speak I was like you know like these people are more along the lines of how I want my practice to be and I feel like that would be really helpful to learn from them so yeah I don't know if there was anything specific, but it just, I had this underlying knowledge that I really didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) It was happening and good things were happening, but it was a lot of luck, I think. Yeah. Well, and there, it's a lot of luck. I don't want you to ever discount all of the hard work and everything you put in because it's not by chance that you grew. It's because you (laughs) put in the effort and you stuck with it in a times when a lot of people wouldn't have, honestly. I mean, that you went through just a ton of stuff and then got hit again with COVID in the face of all of that. And, you know, you're still, still taking steps forward. So definitely not by Thank chance, you. but I do know what you mean about where it really is. I mean, that's kind of how I love that you phrase that. Like it was, you're going forward, but it was a bumpy road. And man, if, uh-huh. if we, we want to do anything for you guys, it's like, how do we smooth that road out a little bit? And to me, I feel like you were the perfect example to us of someone who was working for your business mm-hmm. and doing whatever connect needed. If they needed more hours, I was going to do it. If, if I needed a new space, I was going to take out a loan and make that happen. If it needed a build out, if it needed a paint, like whatever the business needed, like you were there and doing it. And mm-hmm. I feel like one of the big transformations that we've at least seen is I feel like now the business is really working for you in the same way that you want it to work for your employees but like, hey, it has mm-hmm. to provide the type of hours and the type of security and, and all the rest of that stuff that you need out of your life. Does that resonate at all? Because I feel like that's kind of that transformation that we've been seeing is like, man, the business is starting to work for you again. Yeah, 
I'm glad you guys see that because I think because it's a slow, it is a work in progress for me because I still have a hard time holding boundaries with my time, but it is much, much better than it used to be. But yeah, instead of squeezing people in at the beginning of the day or the end of the day or coming in on my days that I'm supposed to be home with my kids, like I do still do that to an extent, but it's much more intentional and organized. And yeah, I think it's a work in progress, but it is definitely like I've had way less stress. I think there was times where I literally was like checking. I mean, I think every person starting a business probably goes through this to some degree, but like I was checking messages constantly, emails, like it could be 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I was trying to fill a cancellation for the next day. And I would, I would see a cancellation pop up and kind of panic. And I just never had like, I'm at home right now and I can let that go. And now having an admin person, and I know this comes up a lot in our group, but that was by far the best decision I made because that takes so much of that worry off my plate. Like if you can let go of some of the controlling stuff and like, make sure like trust the person that is doing that and know that they're doing a good job and that you've trained them well. Now I do go home and I don't check my messages and I don't check the cancellations and I don't check the schedule. And if there is a cancellation that didn't get filled, I'm pretty confident that she tried to fill it. You know, like I don't feel like I need to micromanage that stuff as much as I used to. So I feel like I am getting a little bit of my life back and still working on having boundaries with that because it is just a work in progress when things get stressful, especially for me, I think it comes out to like trying to control things at work. For some reason, it's like I can go at work and I can work on filling the slots and I can work on this and I can work on that and I can squeeze people in and that feels productive sometimes, but I'm really working on not doing that and just staying within my hours and letting the business work for me and me not bending over backwards to make things perfect. Yeah. That's always the challenge, right? Is I love not bending over backwards to make things perfect because it's never quite going to be there. And that's always the challenge for all of us who start a business. Usually we do that because we have a vision of what the right thing looks like. And it's really hard to sometimes let that go a little bit to bring Mm -hmm. other people into the vision the way you have with your admin, with the rest of your team. But the moment we do let go of that solopreneur piece. It's like, man, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges for all of us. How do we let that vision of perfect go and be okay with what we're creating when we're creating something really, really damn good that might Mm -hmm. not be completely perfect, but that's the line that we all walk. So we still struggle with that. It's always going to be a real challenge, but it has just been so fun, Amanda, like working with you, seeing this grow, seeing the kind of environment you're providing for your PTs kind of environment you're providing for your patients. And it's just been so great working with you. I'm so excited to see where you're going from here with everything. I want to kick it over to you. I think there's so much from your story that people are going to take away, but is there anything kind of summary, anything you want to just, that's still on in your mind right now? And then I can get you out of here because I know we've been taking your time and I really appreciate it. When we're talking about boundaries, I want to make sure to respect yours. So (laughs) yeah, well, thank you. I I really enjoyed um, working with you and Nicole as well. And I've gotten so much out of your guys' mentoring program and not only like business-wise, but also clinically. Like I feel like I've learned a lot clinically as well. So it's been a really, it's been really, really valuable for me. So thank you for that. As far as summaries go, I feel like, I guess the biggest thing I can say is like, it's okay not to, I have a friend who started out on her own and it took her probably three or four years of planning to do it. She planned it. She got all of her ducks in a row and she did it and it's been good for her, but it doesn't have to be executed that way. 
it was certainly wasn't for me. And we both have become successful in different ways. And I kind of just jumped in with two feet. And like I said, I just sort of made one decision after another and committed to it. And once you commit to a decision, you just make the next decision that follows. You don't try and backpedal, which can sometimes be hard, but you do not have to have it a hundred percent planned out for it to work. I love that. Commit to your decision and then it's on to the next. So Thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing your story with us. I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. If you guys have questions, if you want to reach out, please make sure to follow Amanda on Instagram. She's doing awesome things. We're really excited to see where that's going. So as always, guys, please reach out. Let us know if you enjoyed this episode. We always want to keep this conversation going and let's continue to rise.